and today I retire from pro football. Probably when I retire, when that eventually happens one day, I'll be able to sit back and say, you know what, pretty proud. What can I say? Mamba out. And that is going to be it for Derek Jeter. The What's Next Podcast, where every hour is happy hour. Welcome to the What's Next Podcast, whether you're about to tee off on the golf course, sitting on the beach, or napping on the couch, anywhere but the office. This podcast is for you. If you're still working, turn this podcast off right away. Unless, of course, you're pondering retirement or a sabbatical. Ken, how are we doing today? We're doing extra good today, Jason, because we are at an amazing place. A special place. Special place. A place we keep coming back to time after time. Yeah, every year we try and make it here interviewing the director of the fly fishing program at Blackberry Farm. Um... Jason, how do you describe Blackberry Farm to the people who don't know what it is, which I think is probably most people? The ultimate foodie resort in the entire world. Like, this is the Super Bowl of eating. That's how I think about it. (laughs) Yeah, I think Super Bowl of eating, Super Bowl of drinking. They have, I think, the second largest wine cellar in the country. That's correct. As well as a bunch of amazing activities. Fly fishing is what we're going to focus on today. But um, so, yeah, so I'm extra excited today because of, you know, we're about we're kicking off our three days at Blackberry Farm, which is uh, pretty much my favorite weekend uh, of the year. Every year I look forward to it. I'm sure you do as well. So but first, before we get into introducing Brian and talking about all this great stuff, what time is it, Jason? It's happy hour. Every hour is happy hour. And what we, so what are we drinking today? Oh man, we are drinking an awesome tequila. This is you know I love tequila. This is not the first tequila we've had on the show, but this one is a very special treat. It's called Codigo. It's an añejo tequila, um, aged in French white oak barrels. And Ken, you got a story of how we came to to find this one. I I think our listeners are going to love this one. Yeah, so this is uh, just one of those things that happens randomly in life. Um, I, I grew up a big hockey fan from New York, was a big Rangers fan, but um, I was at a place in, uh, outside of Nashville having dinner at a place that's called Troubadour, which is just like, uh, it's like a housing development in the middle of nowhere outside of about 45 minutes outside of Nashville. And we're sitting, there's, there's a couple at the bar and then myself and my wife. And we're actually doing some babysitting. The kids are out goofing around. And we're, I'm watching the football games. And the lady next to me starts to talk to me. I'm talking to her and she introduces herself to me and my wife and then introduces her husband who looks over at me. And I said, I, I know who he is. And it was Brett Hull. Brian, I don't know if you're a hockey fan, but Brett Hull is a, a Hall of Famer. Absolutely. One of the all-time greatest Yeah, I'd say players. maybe top ten of all times. Uh, so he needed no introduction uh, to me. But we chatted now, pretty did much. Did he recognize you immediately as a uh, podcaster? That's, did, was well, that when, was when it I mutual talk, like that? Or? My voice. Once yeah. I talked, okay. he said, you're the Just what's see. next guy. Um, but great couple, super nice, really interesting people. And I asked him what he's doing these days, and he started telling me about this wonderful tequila company that he had invested in. George Strait, I think, was one of the main investors, brought him into it. Not sure what other, uh, what other celebrities are involved in this thing. But um, then he, you know, he said, do you like tequila? Of course, I said, sure, I like tequila. 
they got me one from the bar and I tried it and it really it uh, it's not like the other celebrity drinks where they just put their name on it this is uh, well we'll do a review of it later but it's great stuff this is a special treat let's yeah. not kid ourselves this is we're not drinking the uh, Jose Cuervo stuff that uh, that you got off the street as a, as a teenager drinking your first tequila shots or margaritas yeah so this is uh, this is fantastic stuff but we will we will dig into that later so so Brian tequila yes. guy or not a tequila guy I love tequila. Really? I do. I so, do. So timing uh, is good for this. Absolutely. Um, I, you know, this is a great smooth tequila. I'm used to, you know, shooting it generally. Yeah. Uh, but so this is a treat. Yeah. All right. So we, we will review the tequila at the end. But I'm glad that we found you on the right time because we do absolutely. we do bourbons. We've, we've done a little bit of everything. Beer, a lot of different beers. Wine, bourbon. But, and lots of different for anything. Yeah. So I'll tell you what. Brian, before we get into the fly fishing program, what can you tell us about Blackberry Farm? Give us a, give us a little yeah. bit about it and what yeah. it's like to work here. So uh, the farm, we've got 4,200 acres. Um, you know, a little bit under half of it is developed. Um, and we've got uh, amazing adventure programs, fly fishing programs. And as you, Jason, you said, the food, it is the food Olympics. Um, I mean, it's hard to beat um you know coming to a resort and eating this is the best um so uh, we also have a second resort which i'm not sure if you guys know about is blackberry mountain we have um, heard about it we have not been but we've heard good things yes but, but yes we're afraid to stray away from here like that we love so much no i i completely understand it uh you know we're only eight miles away but it's a little bit more of a mountain feel okay. and um the food is spectacular but um they stray away from the heaviness kind of like the the farm food has with the foie gras and the heavy cream and kind of your standard french um, you know, type deal. Um, so, uh, but they get pretty inventive with uh, foraged ingredients and things like that. Um, but still, same philosophy where food and it kind of adventure to get you out of your box and off the golf course a little bit too, um, coming to the farm or the, or the mountain. So I think maybe next year we can send the wives there. <laughs> But We're phase, staying here. Yeah, for I was gonna say stuff. I like yeah. the heavy that's stuff. Right. This that's is right. That's right. Three days of uh, decadence. And and this is kind of you know the farm's kind of the classic standard bearer of the brand too. Um, so it's a fantastic place. Um, we've got a creek running through the property where you know I run my program, and we're right next to the Great Smoky Mountains where we you know tons of opportunities for fishing and hiking and. Uh, other other adventures. So how did fly fishing, is, did it just, was it always a part of the program here? Or kind of tell us about the history of that. So the history of the fishing program goes back um, to, you know, prior to the growth of the program okay. uh, or of the uh, resort. Um, they contracted out independent guides of the area and they okay. just dammed up the creek in one little spot and it was just kind of a, a little, you know, dammed up spot where they could catch some trout and, okay. and mainly just do lessons. Um, okay. But we've grown it through the years to where now we're doing over 500 trips 
in the Smokies alone. Oh, wow. Um, plus all of our on-property stocked options as well. Okay. Um, so, you know, we're an extremely busy program these days. I bet days. you are. Yeah. yeah. And how big's the team? How big's your um, team We've here? got a full-time staff of seven guys. Oh, my gosh. And wow. we've got a few other that come in part-time to help us out. Um, so... You know, we're doing a lot of fishing these days. Uh, it's not like it was in the beginning where they'd bring some people in here and there um, just to do lessons, you know. So it's it's grown tremendously. Let, let's let's talk about you before, like, what was your about, how did you get into fly fishing? And what's, like, where does your love of it come from? So I started fly fishing in high school. Um, and... We moved here from New York City, and uh, so there's no fly fishing in New York City. Is there that is. That's that's what I'm. That's what I'm kind of getting at. Is, you know, I started doing it here, but when I was younger, my dad's boss and his son fly fished for striper out off Long Island. Come on. And when we moved that's down here. Fun. They took a striper fly out of a mounted striper that they had in the office yeah. and handed it to me. And that was kind of the seed that kind of sparked getting me into fly fishing. Uh, you know, believe it or not, you know, New York City is kind of where uh, – that came in. That's probably the last place I would have thought. Absolutely. Of That's where you, you know? get bodies. Absolutely. You got, you got dead bodies coming yeah. out of the Hudson. Man. I know. And right there in Queens. <laughs> so, so, um, but it, interesting enough, that's kind of what sparked it. And then, you know, when I got into high school, um, I picked up a fly rod and, you know, haven't really looked back since that point. Um, obviously here it's, you know, trout is the main thing, but we've got, smallmouth and striper and musky uh like the uh trip i'm going on here in a few days um you know so we've got all sorts of opportunities um but most people think of trout when they think of fly fishing of course and i assume because you got like this place is the ultimate in service here at blackberry mm -hmm. farm i mean it, it's the pinnacle like you're pretty much guaranteed to catch something. You make sure everybody catches something. Is well, like we, deal, we can guarantee you an opportunity uh, <laughs> at catching a fish. Or, you know, so we'll, we'll provide you um, with everything you need and, you know, our expertise. And, but, uh, you know, at the end of the day, it's in your hands. So, so, you know, we can't do it for you. So I did, I, years ago, I, I did um, fly fishing here on property. Okay. And I... Did not actually catch one. I had a couple opportunities. I was super close, but I did not actually reel one all the way in. So I'm, I'm, that's, I'm that's the guy. a little disappointing to so, hear. Well, probably expected with me. User error, I'm the New clearly. York guy. That <laughs> that's right. That's right. Above. But so I'm curious. What is it that makes someone good at fly fishing versus someone who's not as good at fly fishing? Like, is there a talent? Is there a nose for it's it? It's attention to detail. Um, okay. Like a lot of other sports and I think especially with golf, it's time, you know, yeah. practicing the swing, whereas it's casting with right. fly fishing. Okay. Um, so um, attention to detail, um, being willing to learn something every time you do it because there's always going to be something new or something really? that is learned. Uh, like, like today what? with the rain, right. uh, the water's higher than it was two days ago. So every time you go fishing, the water level may be a little bit different or the temperature is going to be different. So you've got to know how to do it 
in different scenarios and under different circumstances too. Um, so there's always something new to learn, which I think is something um, guys in your position, you know, uh, where you've got an endless uh, amount of time and resources, you can right. go down those rabbit holes and, you know, really expand on it and make it as intricate as you really want, you know? So let's take, one of us as an example mm -hmm. or one of our average yeah. or me as yeah. an example great <laughs> example and i'm just getting started in yeah this, yeah right like what in and i'm looking for hobbies and mm -hmm. i'm because a lot of folks right we've talked about like what's the biggest thing for folks in this you know retirement or sabbatical is how am i gonna spend my time i'm looking for hobbies looking yeah for yeah to do. what advice would you give someone like how do you get started on something like this getting started um check with your local fly shop um okay. Most places will have, like Atlanta's got the Fishhawk, which is okay. um, a, a really big shop. And they, you know, with the Chattahoochee right there, they have intimate knowledge okay. and can get you started locally. Um, and then they can point you in the direction of recommended guides okay. um, if you're looking for, you know, something local. Right. And then most fly shops have connections with, resorts and other places for exotic destinations if that's something you were looking for as well that's a great point because mm -hmm. a lot of our listeners like travel is a big part of yes, their retirement yes. life and things mm -hmm. like that so if you were thinking about like the top three to five places in the u.s where you would go to do fly fishing just and have the experience i mean blackberries obviously blackberries one on the list, but let's right. go with two well, through five. yeah yeah <laughs> what are the others like where would you send somebody so other than blackberry? I, I, Obviously, uh, most people think of trout. Right. So going out west okay. uh, somewhere to probably anywhere, you can throw a dart at Montana and okay. you can, yeah. you, you know, it, you would find an incredible fly fishing spot. Okay. Um, or uh, I enjoy, if I'm going to travel to fly fish, going to the salt. So going down to the Keys and going Ooh, for tarpon. Really? Or okay. permit, or you know, um, no, Charleston is a guy. great place I... for um, redfish. Okay. So you know, there's all sorts of different opportunities. But you know, I would put you know anywhere in Montana, okay, um, the Florida Keys. Really, I would never. Um, when you say the Keys, so help me understand this. When I think of fly fishing. I think it's standing there in, in, the, a, in a river. Yeah, like in a, creek like or a, a river. Like, and, but it's it's shallow. So when you're in Florida, you're in the ocean doing this. Well, or? the shallow flats is mm. where most of the fly fishing opportunities okay. are going to be. Um, I mean, there's even guys that are going offshore and they're teasing marlin in, and then throwing Seriously? big flies in front of them. And catching marlin on a fly rod off the bat, you know, out in deep blue water. In a million years, I never. So you know, that. people yeah, are that's... really pushing the limits, and you know, I compare it to skiing a lot of times, okay. uh, where you're trout fishing, standing in a, tr uh, you know, a stream, right. very serene and peaceful. That's like your Nordic sure. skiing, right. you, you know. Right. Whereas that Marlin stuff, that's kind of like heli skiing, being dropped off at the top of a mountain and then right. just, you know, good uh, yeah, yeah, good luck. That type. So, you know, there's anywhere within that spectrum, you know, you can find your sweet spot and what you enjoy within fly fishing. So, so is there an evolution? So someone like me comes here, says, you know, I'll try it. It's a list of interesting yeah, activities. Yeah. Never tried it. So I start here. I like it. I get the bug. Like I want to do it. And then maybe I take these other trips and then end up there. I mean, is there like 
levels absolutely. of expertise. Absolutely. As you gain skill, like I was saying earlier, going down that rabbit hole, there's always something new. So you may master catching a trout. Well, then you level up and you go after, um, you know, say a smallmouth bass, which is going to be a little bit more uh, aggressive. And then you get into predators and then you get into the salt water. So, you, you know, your casting has to be better. Your accuracy has to be right. better. Your skills have to be better as you level up. You can't, you know, get thrown on a tarpon boat and expect to catch one your first day you know you you know catching a bluegill with a popper is a great start um with fly fishing and then gaining some confidence and leveling yourself up for sure so i've got a funny story so ken was telling his story about blackberry the first time and the first time he went fly fishing first time i did it um i was in steamboat out in colorado great fishing out there yeah oh yeah i was at this great resort we were doing this you know kind of work event and each of us had a guide, like mm-hmm. like you and your team that were doing it. So I'm out there struggling the way Ken was, and I'm just chit chatting with my guide. And you know, I I asked him, well, you know, is this your full time job? What do you do? Like he goes, yeah, well, I'm a professional fly fisherman. And I'm like, oh. And, and he goes, and I just work here when I'm not doing events and things like that. And I go, well, like, is there a ranking? How are you? Like he's like, yeah, I'm like number four in the world and I'm like and you're stuck here with me the guy who like has caught one fish in five hours and this guy was like some famous fly fisherman I didn't even realize so how many fish did he catch while you were with him he just laughed at me pretty much the whole time that's kind of how it worked (laughs) uh, and tried he he was like the most patient person trying to help me time after time and I finally caught one and we were like Woo, we're Call done. it a day. Mission accomplished. We're, we're good. He couldn't go home without letting me catch one, but it was pretty cool. I didn't even know there's, like, I guess, tournaments. Are there, people... yeah. uh, there is competition yeah. Uh, trout fishing, yeah. 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 It's amazing. Uh, Have you so, ever done that? Um, I've never really participated okay. in um, – they've been more drinking competitions yeah, than an actual uh, catching competition. Um, the fly shop in Knoxville uh, used to do a carp tournament. Um, okay. Carp on the fly, nice, um, and it's a lot like fishing for redfish out in the flats on the ocean. Okay, um, so it's everybody gets out in their boats out on you know these warm shallow rivers, nice. and um, you know it's everybody has a good time with it and doesn't really care too much about that. You know the competition of it. Uh, it's more about just camaraderie. Um, nice. But I, I haven't inserted myself into the you know the trout competition scene. Got it. Um, but you if know, I were you, I wouldn't want to leave this area either because this place is just. And bad. you know it's it's fun uh, for me, and I don't want to. Uh, you know it's already a job. I don't want to make a competition and a job. Right. You know. So. so so let's let's bring this to Blackberry and food because Blackberry yeah. is such a special place with the food and the chefs when people are out here on these trips with you and they're catching whatever it is that they catch are you able to bring it in and have the chefs prepare it i mean is that something that they uh, our stocked waters they are my co-workers i need them uh as much as i can so it's catch uh, so that way uh we don't have you not catch a fish next time you get out there gotcha. um so uh you know we we keep them uh in the creek we practice catch and release Got it. um you know we'll take a picture get them back in the water yeah. and uh you know catch them another day hopefully um, but Except in Ken's case. 
where that's well, that's right. It, no, it, no, it, 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 yes, exactly. I was yes. catch and release, but opportunities forward. were given. Yeah, yeah that's right. That's right. I had, that's right. Guy. I had two close calls. One real close call. Meaning it just swam right by you, or how close? <laughs> no, I, I, so. You're a New York guy. Mm-hmm. I, I was like, I'm not touching the thing. You know? <laughs> I don't touch wildlife. You know, we have a deal. They don't touch me. I don't touch them. That's right. But so I don't know what would have happened if I actually. I mean, I, I did get it pretty close. But uh, <laughs> very nice. So you get you you like some. Did you say 500 trips that, in the Smokies, Smokies alone? alone. Yeah. Uh, and that's the off-site trips. Right. Um, and yeah. then we do. Everything I've, on property. Probably, you know, over a thousand other on property trips between the two resorts. Yes. Okay. So the guest who came and like was just you were like, Holy cow, that guy that person's amazing. That guy or gal is just awesome at this. Like anybody like just come and absolutely kill it, like caught fifty fish and it was it's just, just like aptitude. Gift, right. I, you like, know the opposite of Kent. Basically, the water boy. Yeah, but for fishing, you know, being Blackberry, we do get a clientele that has the ability to travel and go everywhere. Right. Um, And I took out this older gentleman that has literally fished all over the world. And I mean, he had been to New Zealand. He had been to Guatemala sail fishing. He had been, you know, everywhere and done everything. And he, you know, we just did a float trip on the Holston River. Right. And he sat down the whole day and only wanted to fish a dry fly and he caught we we quit counting uh you know and you know the stories he had you know it was incredible to you know hear his travel stories and fishing and everything else um you know because he was in his 80s uh yeah and you know he had yeah for sure so that was probably one of you know the most memorable um with somebody with with skill for sure what about the flip side do you ever have people like me that you're just like, gosh, this this person's never gonna get it? You're- well, you know, it's an ego thing for me where I want to be able to teach and coach. Where you know, there's all I, you know, I've been doing this uh, over five years, and you know, less than a handful of people where you know it was a give up scenario <laughs> yeah. type deal, you know. Um, but that was you know more of an attitude thing on their part yeah. than anything else. But um, you know. It, that's the way it is uh, in in life everywhere too you know it's funny the last time we we were here last year in February so February of 2022 Mm -hmm. and we had a brush with greatness a celebrity sighting at your fly fishing location I gotcha it was uh, Ariana Grande yeah and she had a friend who's an actress and their significant others or spouse I don't know Mm -hmm. what it was but they were coming out of your shop and we saw them and we chatted with them and and then it was pretty funny so they i don't know if they had gone or not gone but it was pretty funny to run into folks but everyone comes like that's a main activity they want to come and do the flat fishing absolutely yeah we're we're definitely one of the top um top activities here you know when people come here they want to go fishing they want to ride a horse and they want to go shoot guns and you know revenue on all those activities kind of supports that you know um you know we're we're always you know top three between those uh, you know and and it's just especially first time guests you know they want to you know, hit those things and kind of experience the, you know, the Blackberry outdoors, you know. Very cool. So, yeah. So how did you end up here? Like, what was your road to Blackberry Farm? I've worn uh, a bunch of different hats and had a different career. So I, graduating college, I graduated with an anthropology degree 
and looked for park ranger jobs everywhere. Uh, I, I was gonna, I was going to ask like, what do you do with an anthro anthropology degree? But you you keep go. going to school, is, uh, and then you become a professor. Is is what happens? But you know uh, that wasn't the path for me. And you know I looked for jobs, but I wound up working in the mortgage industry uh, for a couple years. But all, this whole time, you know, fly fishing obviously, and um, had you know had friends in the guiding industry locally and, you know, really inserted into the fishing community. And then I owned a pizza shop in Knoxville for a nice. couple years. So the customer service component of, right. you know, working at BlackBerry, um, you know, obviously that helped a lot too. And we sold the restaurant and I was looking to go out and guide independently. Uh -huh. And, you know, I had formed an LLC and was starting to get everything lined up. And I had a call from a buddy and said, hey, um, a position just opened up at BlackBerry in their guiding uh, department. And, you know, you can give it a shot, zero risk. You might as well, you know, see. Did, you, did you even know what BlackBerry Farm was? I mean, uh, being a local... You know, we've always heard of it or, you know, somebody's parents may have gone once. But, right. you know, it's hard for people in Knoxville to come here when they can, you know, go, you know, somewhere exotic right. or, you know, farther away and not, right. you know, home right. uh, type thing. So, you know, it, you know, it was always that had this mystique. So obviously I knew what it was but had never, you know, been here or seen the property. Um, so, you know, I've figured it was, you know, a big resort and, you know, gave it a shot. And here I am, you know, almost six years later running the program. That's awesome. What a great story. Yeah. So any other, I mean, Jason mentioned the Ariana Grande thing because she came out of the uh, fly <laughs> fishing booth. Any other celebrities? I don't know if you're allowed to Tons, uh, and I can't. We actually right, yeah, sign an NDA yeah, as I, part of being an employee um, due to, you know, who comes through here. And, it's got to be uh, Oh, for sure, you know, and it, um, you know, politics and business and all the above, you know. And so, they've also got entertainment. All the, the pictures of the celebrity chefs in the dining room. Absolutely. Right? They come cool. in regularly to do events with our chefs and yeah. um, it's, you know, it's fantastic, you know. Um, I fun. tell people this story sometimes, like, I, I think this is like the hidden gem of the world. Like, nobody, a lot of people don't know about this place and I work with a lot of people on the West Coast and mm -hmm. you know, kind of the Silicon Valley area and, you know, they're a little snooty about Napa and Sonoma and yeah, all that. Yeah. And so I tell the story that one week I was in Napa with some, with some folks, folks on a work event, and we went to French Laundry, kind of the yes. famous restaurant yeah, yeah. For, for dinner. And the very next week I came here, mm -hmm. and every single meal I had here was better than anything I had at French Laundry. So funny you bring up French Laundry. Um, I don't know, Sam Bell, um, who... Uh, he passed away right. right before I started out here, right. so I never got to meet him. But he worked at the French Laundry, and his concept of Blackberry was wanting to bring wine country and French Laundry right. service right. to his parents' bed and breakfast. Right. Um, and here we are now. Um, so it's amazing the vision he had to kind of see that through. Um, we actually got to meet him. Uh, that's a, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. It was great. Way back when he would he would be around here, 
and he he liked to play tennis. Mm -hmm. so yeah, he, he would ask everyone, "Want to play tennis? Want to play tennis?" I didn't play with him, but but we but, met him at that art or, event he had. Remember? Yeah, he, yeah. They yeah, hosted an art event, and my wife's an artist, and so it was a great cool. opportunity for us. We happened to be here when there was an art event going on, and he was here and met him. It was just it was fantastic. That's great. But very, yeah. very nice guy. Very approachable. Yeah. I also remember he liked to bike. He liked to cycle. Oh, around. yeah, yeah. And he would try and get people to bike with him, too. But I just thought that's so great. He owns this arguably place. the greatest foodie resort in the country, if not the world. And he's just having a good time with it and mm -hmm. interacting with the guests and trying to make sure that you're doing things and, and, and enjoying. Engaging. Yeah, yeah exactly. Mm -hmm. I just... We were always so impressed with that. That's Absolutely, it. and I mean that's the the foundation of what we do here um, is is pretty much personified out of him. So very well, cool. All right, so now it's time to we're going to segue and let's 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 take a toast. Okay. Jason, who who's uh, who's a retired person that we're drinking to? Well, you know, I was trying to think of someone somehow related to the local area, and, and this is a little bit, I'm, I'm, I'm taking some steps, so it's a little bit of a leap, but when one of the things I think about when I think of Knoxville is Pat Summit, right? The legendary University of Tennessee women's basketball coach. For sure. And so I try to look at what, who's a recent, like, legendary women's basketball player who retired, and... The, the person who came to mind and I found was Sue Bird, yeah. right? So obviously one of the greatest WNBA players in basketball history. She didn't go to Tennessee. She went to UConn. Um, but she's actually from your neck of the woods, Long Island. I don't, I don't know that. I didn't, don't know if you know that. But th she's amazing. She won four WNBA titles in three different decades. Pretty amazing stat. Five Olympic gold medals, two NCAA championships. I mean, just... The laundry list of, of championships is unbelievable. Think of the length of time. Five Olympic goals. That's 20 years. Yeah, it's 20 plus. years. That's yeah. crazy. Plus three decades of WNBA championships. Uh, just amazing. She was the overall number one pick in 2002, which is amazing. Uh, she's even uh, worked in the NBA as a, in a front office position for the Denver Nuggets. And then also, there's she was part of um, what's considered perhaps the greatest basketball game period ever subject of a book called bird at the buzzer it wasn't about larry bird it was about sue bird and it detailed this game between uconn and notre dame in 2001 that was for the big east championship um, and she hit the game winning shot and so it was a series of these two titans of of women's college basketball playing that uh three times in that one season but focused on the second time kind of the middle one that uconn won and she hit the game winner so Cheers to Sue Bird and her retirement. Cheers. Cheers. All right. So what do we think? So Brian, we'll let you go first. Yeah, what do you think about this? Tell tequila? Brett Hull what you think of his uh, Codigo 1530 Añejo. It's fantastic. Uh, super smooth. Um, the aging kind of gives it a little bit of a, a bourbon mouthfeel. It does, totally. And... Um, but the finish is just a very slight kind of tequila. It's uh, it's really good. I think the smoothness, it's off the chart on the smoothness. I mean, just amazing. Uh, and the smell, it does almost take, smell like a scotch or a bourbon mm -hmm. uh, because of the, the barrel aging. 
just smells really, really good. And the color is beautiful too. I mean, it's got an awesome color to it. Well, that's the one thing it's I was real... going to add. So this is aged in, uh, you know, wine barrels and it picked up. So it's almost a pinkish color to it, which I think is pretty unique in the tequila world. I've never seen it before. And, um, I don't know. It, it just adds a little something. I mean, you guys already said how smooth it is. And I mean, it's just an easy sipping drinking tequila, but just the color to it, it just adds something to it. It's, it's got, very rich looking color, right? Yeah. Yeah, awesome. yeah. So I love it. I would, I would yeah. drink this all the time. I don't know. I think we will. I, w- I would too. And for, I think a scotch drinker yes. would like this too. A hundred percent. Because that dry finish. Absolutely. Well, okay. Brett Hull, thanks, Good man. Good work, man. I that appreciate awesome. it. You beat my Rangers in the last minute many times, but I'll forgive you for giving me this uh, great bottle of tequila. So Absolutely fantastic, yes. All right. Well, I think that's a wrap, folks. So, Brian, thanks so much for being here. We thanks for having time. me. It was yeah, fun. This was awesome. Just a reminder to our listeners, don't forget to like, share, tell one friend. That's all our ask. Tell one friend about the podcast and let them know about it. Don't forget to give us some ideas for other topics. How are you spending your time? Where are you traveling to? What are the fun things you're doing? And give us another drink to try. We're always looking for the next happy hour drink for us. And feel free to email us at what's next with JNK at gmail.com. For Ken Brandeis, I'm Jason Kurtz. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.